Tonight, fresh details emerge about what the special prosecutor discovered in former sanitation minister's initial complaint to the police as he retrieved $590,000 and 2.7 million CDs from Cecilia Dapa's residence. We also tell you tonight how much the special prosecutor found when he assessed the total transactions on the former minister's frozen bank accounts over a period. Terrible day for politics in Ghana and I really worry that this will have far-reaching consequences on the entire political class uh, even though the ruling party will be most affected. is Top Story with Evans Mensa. And Top Story is always brought to you by Vodafone. It is a constantly moving story uh, in what appears to be a never-ending twist and turns. And tonight, John News is learning of fresh details regarding what the special prosecutor discovered in former sanitation minister's initial complaint to the police. It comes on the day we discovered the exact amount the special prosecutor retrieved from her home. Now we are now also learning about what, how much the special prosecutor found when he assessed the total value of transactions on the former minister's frozen bank accounts over a period. A lot to get through uh, for you tonight. I want to bring in Elton Broby, who has been working uh, his sources on this particular matter. Elton, uh, walk us through the amounts uh, discovered in her home when the investigator searched it. So, uh, let's start from the 24th of July, when the OSP uh, invited Madame Cecilia Dapal to their office at Rage. Now, in the motion that is expected to be moved on Thursday, that's next week, the OSP will make the point that on the 24th of July, the office placed the respondent, that's Madame Cecilia Dapal, the former water and sanitation minister, under arrest. On charges of corruption and corruption-related offences, the OSP subsequently conducted searches in three residential properties associated with the respondent at Cantonment, Abrimpe, and Tessano, all here in the capital greater Accra. Now, the, the OSP says that the searches led to the discovery of cash sums of five hundred and ninety thousand US dollars and two million seven hundred thirty thousand Ghana cities. Uh, the Berlin Pit residence. Authorized officers of the OS received the discovered cars, stamps on reasonable grounds that they were suspected tainted property in accordance with section 32.1 of Act 959, as it was necessary to exercise the power of seizure to prevent concealment of the cash. So, this is the amount of money that was, you know, taken from the home of the former water and sanitation minister after the OSP conducted searches in three 
of uh, you know residences, cantonments, Abelimpe, and of course there's some Evans. Mm, and 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 my colleague uh, Kojo Nyako is in the studio with me. Uh, there's an, a very interesting aspect of this that we're also beginning to learn about what the OSP himself also did learn when he reviewed the statements uh, given to the police by Cecilia Dapa and also captured in these court documents. And uh, Kojo, stay with me for a second because it, it, you have been covering the court and so you've seen the latest police charge sheets and what we're learning in this latest document filed by the special prosecutor throws up even more questions but Elton, um we're also learning a bit more also from these court documents about what happened to madame cecilia de uh, bank accounts and i have with me here as, as part of the doc- court documents uh submitted by the osp a letter that was written to two banks one of them is on the 26th of july 2023 mm. and it says quote the managing director prudential bank limited uh, uh of course the where they're situated and their address and attention a particular individual there and i want to read that it says please take notice uh it says order of freezing cecilia abena dapa please take notice that in accordance with section 38 of the office of the special prosecutor act uh, 2017 i hereby and with immediate effect direct the freezing of the bank accounts and investments of cecilia bana dapa with your bank pending investigations into suspected corruption and corruption related offenses in respect of your customer now this order takes immediate effect and shall apply to any accounts and other financial assets held uh, by the within named person with any branch of your bank and now it goes on to also state the account details the account number etc held at a particular branch of the bank and this letter as i said was written to the managing director of the prudential bank limited and it goes on to also detail it says quote until this order is revoked or lapsed your bank shall not allow any transaction on the accounts and investments without the written authority of the office of the special prosecutor except the following one deposits credits into the accounts and investments including but not limited to cash transfers from other sources to interest if any deposits credits resulting from the uh encashment of financial instruments such as treasury bills bond shares bills of exchange etc and additions to financial assets from other sources and it ends by stating further in pursuance of this investigation you are required to cooperate and to furnish the office with the balance uh, balances in each of the accounts and investments as of 26th july 2023 you are required to comply by close of business on 6th august 2023 you will be advised when this order lapses or is revoked and this is signed by kisei jabin himself the special prosecutor and then it's a second one also written on the same day this time to the managing director of Societe General Ghana, the Ring Road, Accra Central, uh, and again, order of freezing Cecilia Benadapa with the same details as I've read. And again, asking Societe uh, General, as is on the face of this court document, uh, to also furnish the office of the special prosecutor with the balance and account details, etc. Elting, subsequent to this, uh, we've learned a bit more about what the special prosecutor did after they had written these letters we are learning that they did an assessment uh, of the 
bank accounts that have been frozen over a period and to determine the total value of transactions. What did they discover, Elting? So, uh, in case of the accounts relating to the Prudential Bank Ghana, two accounts here, and uh, according to our sources, it revealed that the OSP tracked five million dollars over a period, along with forty-eight million Ghana. It found it's at the best Prudential Bank accounts. It's unclear which period this transaction were tracked, but our sources are telling us this is a sum uh, they came to after tracking uh, the accounts within a certain period of time. So we are talking about five million US dollars and forty-eight million Ghana cities. Also, there's also uh, Societe General account, uh, one million Ghana cities in investment, and another account containing seven hundred thousand Ghana cities. And, and to clarify, this is the total and for for the uh, Prudential Bank accounts which the OSP had written to the uh, the the banks about. It relates to the sum the total sum of transactions uh in that they assess the osp assess over a period i mean i says all thing has said uh, we don't know the period but this was uh, what i was assessed over that period the transactions in and out of that account over that period and that's the five million dollars and then the 48 million and so the osp elton clearly uh had been looking in great detail not only at what they found in terms of the balance but looking at what transactions had occurred on that account over a longer period coming to these figures uh, that they've seen and and so that is the uh, detail as we know now and this is uh, the figures that you have seen it's figures uh, produced by the uh, investigators having assessed the total sum of transactions on an account over a period elton there, there's a bit more we are learning this is something that the courts will have to look at because the OSP is asking the courts, is it not, to affirm the seizure of the items in their home and also the freezing of the accounts. Yes, and once in fact, if, if you look at even the wording of the motion, that again will be moved on on Thursday. It says affidavit in support of motion for confirmation of order of freezing of suspected tainted property and confirmation of seizure of suspected tainted property. So in this case, there are two Two, two, two matters in question here. The 590,000 US dollars plus the 1.2, the 2.7 million Ghana cities uh, that were taken from the home after the OSP conducted that search. And of course, the the, the steps it took further uh, that resulted in the frozen of the accounts belonging to the embattled former minister, the Prudential Bank accounts and the, uh, the SGSSB accounts. So the OSP the law has 14 days to hold on to this. Now, if he wants to prolong the, the the holding of these matters in question, they will have to appear before a judge and make the case. And that's exactly what uh, the office will be doing on Thursday. And so that's uh, what we know uh, so far as this is concerned. And the investigators have been Elton, thank you very much for the great reporting on, on this uh, working your sources to get clarity on what has been happening over the period. But uh, th there's a, f a fair bit of uh, other interesting matters that we are also learning uh, tonight. Now that we've seen the document before the courts filed by the Office of the Special Prosecutor and Kodunyako uh, with our Legal Affairs Dex is with me in the studio. Uh, could you also... 
when the OSP also did an assessment of what whichever report that uh, Sister Dapam may have given to the police, yes. what did he find? Well, so Evans, the OSP found that in her initial complaint to the police, that is Madam Cecilia Dapa, the respondent stated that 800,000 United States dollars of the amount reportedly stolen from her resident belonged to her deceased brother and 300,000 CDs uh, was contributing towards her mother's funeral, which was contained in a box. Now, this is another bit, another leg of it, that a respondent did not indicate who owned the remainder of the 200,000 United States dollars. That is not all. Now, there is an addition of 300,000 euros. So, these two, the 200,000 US dollars and then the 300,000 euros, um, they did not indicate who it belongs to. But the OSP affirms that in their investigations, they found that 800,000 uh, dollars belongs to Madame Cecilia So, we do not know the ownership of the 300,000 euros and the 200,000 United States dollars. And, and, and this obviously, you were in court yesterday when the police investigators came with the latest amended charge sheet. It raises additional questions. What did you discover yesterday when, when this matter was in court? Well, so the police, for the first time uh, in court on Tuesday, split the amount of $1 million into two. To reflect this initial statement. Exactly. So $200,000 and $800,000. But they are emphatic about it that they all belong to Madame Cecilia But it is the word is a property. Exactly. It's the property of Madame Cecilia Dapa. So this is at variance with what the OSP. So there is a bit of difference between what the OSP uh, has found and what the police maintains in court. And also, what this means is the OSP's discovery, as far as what Sister Dapa had said in her initial complaint, aligns with what we read in the Attorney General's advice. Exactly, exactly. So, but the police are, are, are I mean, are consistent with what they are telling and except that on tuesday they split the amount into two the one million dollars so that is the difference okay um, interesting thank you very much uh, uh there uh, with additional details as we learn uh, tonight as it relates to the set of facts that we've also become accustomed to as we've been reporting this i want to quickly bring in right now uh banking consultant uh doctor uh, a, a good friend of ours who has been studying what has been happening over the period uh, joins us right now, Chiaheni. Uh, Dr. Chiaheni, thanks for your time here on Top Story. Thank you very much. Um, also joining, uh, Good evening yes. to your cherished listeners. Also joining us right now is Mary Ada with the Ghana Integrity Initiative. And um, uh, Dr. Richmond Chiaheni, let me start with you. Um, you have been following what has happened, and tonight we're reading a bit more about the uh, the special prosecutor's letters to the uh, banks in question asking for the accounts to be frozen and even asking for far more. Uh, as far as the banking laws are concerned, under what circumstance will the bank then feel empowered legally to disclose the details, the bank details of a client, of a customer? Thank you very much, Evans. There are four instances, four key instances where the banks will be compelled to disclose the secrecy of the accounts. The first one is the compulsion of the law. Under the compulsion of the law, the Bank of Ghana, strategic bodies like Bank of Ghana, Director of Economic Crime and then Financial Intelligence Unit, and possibly now the OSP, can go to the court and obtain an order for the bank to disclose the account balances to them. 
That is the first one. That is the compulsion of law. And at times, the police, in certain inquiries, the police would also be allowed to get an order to go to the courts. And the next one that comes in is that the next one that comes in is public disclosure by the public duty. Disclosure by the public duty, the anti-money laundering or the FIC, the Financial Intelligence Unit, are also required, can compare you under the Money Laundering Act 2020-1044. Uh, we compelled, can compel the bank to disclose this information because under the money laundering, you have, they have the power under the LI to investigate. And then the next one that can come as disclosure, when is the in, in the interest of the bank, let's assume you own the bank and we go to court, we are given the opportunity by the court to tell the court how much you owe. And the final one that comes in is that when the customer himself agrees that we should disclose the information, the banks are, are compelled to do that. But in this instance, it's coming under the compulsion of law by these three agencies, four agencies that I have mentioned. And to a certain extent, if the FIC were to investigate, they would possibly join the compulsion of the law or come to the public duty. So these are the four key areas uh, where one is required to disclose information about a customer's accounts. And as we've uh, learned uh, tonight, the OSB did an assessment of the total value of transactions uh, that had been found in, in the accounts that had been frozen. How important is that to understand, to get a full picture? Well, OS, OSP is adopting the same methodology with the Bank of Ghana will go. We'll tell the bank that we advise the OSP will get the order to force the bank to tell everything about, even to at times to print your statement. They will require you to print either as electronic statement or as a manual statement. The OSP can compel you to come out with all the information about the customer, including if you are holding treasury bills or bonds, all these things would have to be given to the, uh, the statutory bodies, as I've mentioned, Bank of Ghana, uh, the OSP, and the FIC, and the, and the other bodies. So it's something that the law, they can do it under the compulsion of law, and nobody can query it. And they will take the details. They can get the beginning of the account and look at all the transactions and get to the end point of the account. Say 31st December to 31st December next year. They can do it as far as about three, can do it for about four years to get all the transactions on the account. And, and that is one thing that the, the law allows the these four bodies to do. And, and as we've learned tonight, that is exactly what the OSP did in this case to have a full view of what has happened. And so uh, did a total assessment of the total value of the transactions uh, and amounting to uh, $5 million and 48 million CDs over a period in Sicilia Dapaz, uh, in this case, as we've seen in the face of the court documents, uh, bank accounts, and also the 1 million uh, CDs. That is what they found there uh, in, a, in a separate account when it comes to investments and the 700,000 in cash uh, in, a, in the second uh, bank, which, uh, again, the OSP had put before the courts as a state general uh, bank account. I want to bring in uh, Raina Mary Ada uh, with the 
Ghana Integrity Initiative. Uh, Mary, every single day we learn a bit more about, about this fascinating story that keeps developing. And uh, from what I'm, I'm, I'm learning also, uh, that uh, as far as the OSP's work is concerned when it comes to bank accounts, they do not require a court order to compel a bank to disclose. And that it is actually an offence to refuse to disclose when the uh, OSP uh, makes the uh, formal directive to a bank to disclose. Uh, Mary, the OSP is not idling about a toy, it appears. They are going full steam in, in doing this. Something you've asked for together with your colleagues in this space. Certainly so. Good evening to you and good evening to your listeners. And this for us is heartwarming, as I indicated uh, yesterday. We believe that when it comes to issues such as this, uh, which have, uh, have aroused so much public interest, it is critical that the agencies of state then deal with them as expeditiously as possible. In this case, the OSP has done so, and we are only watching on to see how the process proceeds. Uh, they have done their part. They have been able to uncover some things, and the court will then determine whether this process continues or not. And we are hoping that the court would affirm the OSP's request to ensure that they do even more investigations into the resources of the lady. We are saying so because she is not a private citizen. She has been a public a public servant for you. You mentioned how long. I don't even remember. I think during the Kufo regime, she was a public officer. And so as a public officer, her life must be open and it must come up for interrogation. So when it has come up, it is important that we critically assess her doings, how, what she got and how she got it. And even remember, this is not out of the vacuum. It is established in the OSC's law. And it's also uh, what we continue to talk about when we talk about the conduct of public offices. And in therein, if they are looking into what she has been able to acquire over whatever period, that is not an issue for us. What we need to know is where these assets and where these monies that we are mentioning, such huge monies, we see some were even kept in, in the house where they were able to recover. And now we are here, there are some which have been uh, frozen from the bank. So let's see how this process goes. But then we continue to commend the Office of the Special Prosecutor, the Special Prosecutor and his staff, for the expeditious way they are carrying out this. Uh, the only thing we would ask for is that the citizens of Ghana also be more proactive in disclosing whatever information they have to ensure that it facilitates the work of the OSP. This would inure to the benefit of all of us. And Mary, we we know one of the key things that has become a subject of significant controversy in all this is uh, who owns the amounts found in a room or allegedly stolen. Now we're learning from the OSP's own document that they also found when they examined her initial complaint to the police that she actually had said that the $800,000 that allegedly was found in the box indeed 
she had said to the police it belonged to the deceased brother. However, the 200,000, the OSP again recounts, she didn't state who that money belongs to. That agrees with what we read in the other, uh, Attorney General's own advice, but doesn't tally with what we've read from the police's charge sheet to the, uh, to the courts as they prosecute the, the theft case. That raises every more question, does it not? Exactly. And then it continues to confirm the question which I have asked. Who do we believe now? We have three state agencies, two presenting similar positions, but not the same. And then one continuing to reaffirm its position that when this happened, this is the information they picked. And they are staying by this. And even if you realize the police have been consistent with their account of the information they picked. Again, the OSC has now come to indicate that the extra money, uh, the euro and some dollars, were not accounted for who it belonged to. So it means that there is still more information that should be uncovered. And the investigative uh, bodies, I believe, should be more interested in digging further to ascertain what the truth is. Because there is indeed a truth. But from which side we are seeing the truth is the challenge. And it can only be unraveled with further and better particulars. The woman knows, or the former honorable minister knows, where these monies are coming from. And she's not in a Scandinavian country or outside this country. She's here. So perhaps she should tell us what it is, because we cannot have different accounts. And I continue to say that the, the quick way uh, the Attorney General responded to this issue, it would be good for all of us if they then also continue to work together. You know, one of the things we have called for is that investigative agencies of state, particularly the anti-corruption ones, should identify that this space can only work if they work together. So what stops the police, the Office of the Special Prosecutor, and the Attorney General, who has indeed given them power to prosecute? What stops them from engaging? Why are they not collaborating? Why are they working in silos when they can do better working together? I believe in this instance, the OSB has the power and the mandate to do a lot more extensive investigation. And so they should cooperate with each other, provide information to the OSB when it relates to the corruption-related issues, and then the stealing issues can be dealt with by the police. But we believe that we can make gains when these institutions work together. Mariada, thank you very much. Mariada uh, works with the Ghana Integrity Initiative and uh, the local uh, chapter of Transparency International. Uh, earlier, you had uh, Dr. Rich Modetiaheni, a banking consultant, helping us navigate the banking issues raised on the on the day we learnt uh, the account has been frozen. The special prosecutor has indeed gone ahead to assess the total value of transactions on her accounts uh, as part of the investigations. Well, as you may well know by now, this 
is a major story, but also learning tonight that uh, it sent shockwaves among the political class. Listen to MP for Noktong, Samokujita Blakwa, who is also the ranking uh, on the Foreign Affairs Committee in Parliament. Terrible day for politics in Ghana, and I really worry that this will have far-reaching consequences on the entire political class. Uh, even though the ruling party will be most affected, uh, but depending on how this is managed and the uh, reforms that take place, if care is not taken, uh, it will uh, delve a mortal uh, wound, if you like, on the entire credibility and image of the Ghanaian political class. And that is Samuel Kujita Blackwa, MP for Noktong, and the ranking on the Foreign Affairs Committee.